0: a very warm welcome to everyone worshiping here this evening and especially if there are any visitors we give you a special welcome and my name is Donnie and I'm an elder in the free north just retired a year ago from faith mission work and it's always a privilege to be able to join in worship and to share the wonderful good news of Jesus we're going to begin our worship this evening singing from sing psalms 147 sing psalms 147 and that's on page 192 we're going to sing verses 1 to 7 to God's praise oh praise the Lord how good it is to sing him songs of praise how pleasant to give thanks to him for all his gracious ways if we're able we'll stand to sing these verses 1 to 7 To God's praise, please. Let's unite together in prayer. Our gracious Lord, we bow before you and come with grateful hearts that we are able to come. That you have opened up a way for us. And that way is through Jesus. We thank you for All that we have, all that we have in Christ. We are a privileged people, your own people are privileged. (coughs) And we thank you for your goodness to us. And we can truly say for all the Lord has done for me, for us, may we never cease to praise him. We thank you for each other tonight. Thank you that we can gather here and others might be listening online. We pray that together we would experience a touch from yourself. We realize that we, of ourselves, we we can do nothing. But yet we come and we want to bow and surrender before you because you are our help. You are our refuge. You are our strength. And we thank you and praise you that we can look to you. Thank you that you have said in your word to that we may come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank you that when we come we, we find mercy and grace. And we are all in great need. We are a needy people. And so we thank you that it's to you that we can come. We thank you for all that you've done for us, thank you for Jesus, who died on Calvary's cross, give his life a, a ransom for many, who his own self bore our sins on his body on the tree. Thank you, Lord, that you were willing to pay that ultimate price, the price for our sin. And we praise you that if the sun sets us free, we will be free indeed. Thank you for the freedom that we, we have in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that we know and they are rightly ours in Christ Jesus, that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you for the all things that you have given to us. Thank you that you pour, you pour out so much to us, much more than we are able to take. But you say in your word that if we open wider mouths, you will fill them. And we pray for that filling. We pray that we would be open, that our hearts would be open to you, and that we would know that filling that you alone can give. You will fill them. And so we praise you and thank you. Thank you for everyone here this evening. We pray for every family here. And we pray for again for our children and the children in the community and this community of people and the many homes round about. We pray, O Lord, that there would be a moving of the Holy Spirit of God that those people, perhaps looking on, seeing people coming and going from this building, might that you might move in their hearts by the power of your Spirit and bring them in, we pray, in under the sound of your word, that souls would be brought not just to this place, but that they would be brought to Jesus. And you alone can do that. And we pray that you would draw those souls who are outside, that you would bring them in, that you would draw them to yourself and do a work of salvation in these dark and needy days that we live in. We thank you for this place of faithful preaching of the word. We, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would add to their number here such as should be saved. And we pray this for the other congregations around the city, throughout the highlands and islands throughout our land. We pray for vacant congregations tonight, and there are a number. Some are small and struggling, wondering how they can go on. Lord, we lift them up before you. We pray that you would send workers. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, we pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest field. That you would call those to yourself that would be sent by God out into the work of the gospel to occupy the pulpits of our land, to be evangelists, To reach out with this glorious gospel. We know that the only hope for our needy land is the gospel. And the power of God. That it would be going forth in a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And that many would be arrested by it. That inroads would be made. That advances would be made. But you have said in your word that you will build your church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We we pray, O oh Lord, for these promises and we thank you for them. We thank you for what it means to be on the Lord's side. We thank you, Lord, that there there is no failing. There there is victory because you have won the victory. You are all victorious, an almighty God. We thank you for Jesus who rose triumphant over the grave and is exalted, seated at the right hand of God, even interceding for us. Oh Lord, we pray that we would be able to draw near to you. Your promise is that when we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. And we have a longing in our hearts to know this nearness, to know the Lord near, to instruct us, to guide us, to help us. Along the way. Bless the other churches round about. We pray for. Angus in the free north tonight. Bless and encourage them. At Smithton. At Greyfriars. And where your word is preached faithfully and in truth. We ask O oh Lord that this night might be a wonderful night. Might be the night when many years spoken to through your word, when you would be glorified, that we would know what it means to be restored and refreshed in Christ. Let's tonight, those who mourn. We've heard recently of those who have passed away and some very suddenly. And it leaves a a gap and it leaves pain. We pray, O Lord, for those who mourn that you would comfort them when words that people might have don't make that much of a difference. But yet, O Lord, when you speak, you are the God of all comfort. Comfort those who mourn. We pray for any who are not so well at this time. We ask that you would draw close to them, that they would know your touch, that they would know where there's pain, that there would be peace that they would know strength and help from God. Undertake for us then, O Lord, we pray, as we look to you, for your blessing to accompany what's done. We want to be able is to give the little that we have. And we feel it's very little. We want to be able to put it into your mighty hand. Lord, we know that just with a little you can make it great. Lord, help us, we pray, through this time this evening that we would know your presence, that we would know your power, that we would be still and know that thou art God. You are exalted and glorified. Be near, we pray. Forgive us, for our sins cleanse us afresh in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. We're going to sing again. This time from Psalm 135. That's again in sing Psalms on page 176. Page 176. Psalm 135. We'll sing verses... 5 to 14, from verse 5 to the end of verse Mark 14. For I know the Lord is mighty, greater than all gods is he. He is sovereign in the heavens, on the earth, and in the sea. Down to verse 13 Lord, your name endures forever, your renown is ever great, for the Lord sustains his servants and his folk will vindicate. These verses to God's praise and will stand if we're able please. If we can turn to God's word now to read it from the book of Joshua and chapter five. Joshua chapter five we'll read this chapter. Joshua five from the beginning. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gebeath Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished they remained in their places until in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho and the day after the Passover on that very day they ate of the produce of the land and leavened cakes and parts grain and the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land and there was no longer manna for the people of Israel But they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No. And Joshua did so. Amen. And we pray that God would bless to us the reading of his own precious word. We're going to turn to Psalm 105, that's in the Scottish Psalter, on page 375. Psalm 105 on page 375, we'll sing verses 7 to 12. 7 to 12 of Psalm 105. Because he and he only is the mighty Lord our God, and his most righteous judgments are in all the earth, abroad. His covenant he remembered hath, that it may ever stand to thousand generations, the word he did command. These verses in Psalm 105, from verse. 7 to the end of verse Mark 12 We'll stand to sing please word of prayer. Lord, we we thank you for your word and as we approach it, we seek your help and we pray, O Lord, that we would be aware that we're not alone, that we would be conscious of the one who comes alongside to help us and that we would be assured as we are of your presence with us. So, Lord, undertake for us as we Turn now to your word to meditate upon it. And we pray that you alone would be glorified. And we ask that you would just take our our hearts and open them. And that we might know the word of God is speaking into our hearts. That we might be lifted up and encouraged and strengthened and led and guided by it. Because your word is a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. May it be that for us every day that we live as we can go on in the strength of the Lord through your word we thank you in Jesus name Amen just want to read this last section that that we've already read from verse 13 of Joshua chapter 5 when Joshua was by Jericho he lifted up his eyes and looked and and behold a man was standing before him With a drawn sword in his hand and Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy and joshua did so i mentioned the fact this morning that we had to move out of the house that we had lived in for some time and move to another house and that can be quite a traumatic experience because the the house that you've lived in for A long time that you would see as as this is our our home and uh, then there comes a time when you have to move everything out of it and there comes a time just on the very last morning the estate agent phoned me and said the people that have bought your house have collected the keys that are on their way are you clear well thankfully we were just So you leave your house, you close the door, and you walk away, and you have no more right to that property, because it's someone else's now. And that can be quite a, a traumatic experience. The servant... The Lord, the captain of the Lord's army, said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And taking off the sandal is, in that sense, he's giving up his right. And I want to look a little bit at that this evening. I want to go back and just look a little bit of the the story leading up to this point, just for the context to, to help us get to, to where we are. It's so well known, isn't it? We know the story well. Moses, the servant of the Lord, is dead. And Joshua takes up the reins. And in, in Joshua 1, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Only be strong very, and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law of that Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. What wonderful words of promise and assurance were, were given to, to Joshua and made it very clear that the ingredient for success was to be careful, to obey all the commands, not just some, but to to obey all the commands that Moses had or what that was given through Moses, the servant of the Lord. Be careful. And then of course we go on, we know about the the story of Rahab, who hid the spies, and how her house and her family and all who who were in the house at the time when The walls of Jericho were were smashed down. They were were all saved. In chapter 3, we read that they crossed over the Jordan River. The priests, having approached the water when their feet were in the water, the, the Lord held back the water and piled it up in a heap. And they all passed over on dry ground. In chapter 4, we read about the memorial stones that were set up. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. That will be hard for them just to believe That such a thing would be possible. Especially at this time of the year. Because the the water was in spate; It was in flood. And they must have said. Really? Yes. And these are the stones that came out from the the Jordan River itself. And there they are. They are a reminder. Of what God has done. For the children of Israel passing over the Jordan. Now, there's a heavy responsibility for their new leader. Massive decisions have to be made. But he was assured he was not alone. He was not alone. But to be that man, he needed to be humble and obedient. He needed to be a man that had a, a close walk with God. Because unless you have a close walk with God, you'll never know these things. I remember at Bible College in Edinburgh when Dr. Colin Peckham was her principal. He imparted to us so much wisdom we felt on some of the things that I still remember and I'm thankful for that. And he said, you know, he says, folks, he says, if you're ever going to have a ministry at all, you need to have a close walk with God. I'm not saying by that that I have a close walk with God. I just wish I had. But he said, you'll still have a ministry. You'll still have words. But they'll have no power. In order to be this man that Joshua needed to be. He needed to have a close walk. With God. We just read chapter 5. And before they were ready to move on. There's some things needed to be seen to. Chapter 5 verse 5. So all the people who came out had been circumcised. Yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. Circumcision had to be performed. That that, that was a renewing and a seal of the covenant that God had made with them. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war, who had come out of Egypt, perished, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. Over in chapter 6, I will establish my covenant, says the Lord, with them, and give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard their groaning, the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. And I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. All these years in the, in the wilderness, this rite of circumcision had never been performed. And so, those people needed to be brought back to the place that they would remember who they are. That they would remember the the covenant that God made with them. My covenant, he said, I have made with my people. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. What does that speak to us of? That speaks to us of a relationship, doesn't it? And that speaks surely of A relationship that needs to be put right. That needs to be right. It needed to be right. Otherwise they were doomed to to failure there. Before they went any further. They had to be circumcised. This sign of the covenant. This rite of circumcision. Needed to be performed. There's no victory. Without obedience. But then following the circumcision, there was the keeping of the Passover. Verses 10 and 11. While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land and leavened cakes and parched grain and so on. They had, they had to be brought to a place where they needed to remember what God had done for them in Egypt. That night, when the angel of death passed over, when he saw the blood on the doorposts and the lintels of their homes, he says, when I, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. They were saved and they were brought out by God, by his almighty hand. They needed to remember this, what God had done for them. And so they, they needed to be, their relationship needed to be put right. They needed to, to be brought back to the place, to, the, to that covenant-keeping God. I have I, made a covenant with you. I am your God. And you are my people. All this happened at Gilgal. As they crossed over the Jordan. All on enemy territory. Not far from Jericho. What was wrong all these years needed to be put right. If advances was going to be, were going to be made. If ground was going to be gained. If the land was going to be possessed. They needed to be right with God. This covenant keeping God. And on that same time we, we read that the manna stopped. And they ate the fruit of the land of Canaan. Circumcision would have been a painful experience. The Passover, remembering what God had done for them, should have brought joy in their hearts to God to celebrate God's goodness, followed by an abundance of his provision. They ate the produce of the land, a land flowing, with milk and honey. And all this. On enemy territory. Does that not remind us of a psalm? Psalm 23. And he says I prepare a table before you. In the presence. Of my enemies. Was certainly true. And now and only now are the, the preparations complete. Only now can they move forward. They can go on. Joshua sets out for Jericho. When Joshua, verse 13, was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Remember the promises that God had given to Joshua? He said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It would seem this man came upon Joshua suddenly. And did it not take great courage on enemy territory just to go and and say to this man, Are you for us, the Israelites? Or for our enemies. The Canaanites. Asked that question. Probably suspecting. He was for the enemy. But look at the answer he got. It's really interesting. But he said no. Neither. I'm not for you. I'm not for your enemies. But I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him. And said, what does my Lord say to his servant? He wasn't for either. Who was this? Well, it's widely believed that this was none other but the Lord Christ himself. A pre-incarnate appearing of the Christ himself. The Lord No one or the other side. Not one, not the other. But he said, I I am commander of the, the Lord's army. That's where you need to be. You need to be part of his army. That's where the victories will be won. And what an important lesson this was for Joshua, heading out into battle. How how easily, we know this, I know this from my own experience, how easily we can get distracted, how easily we can start to, our, our thinking can get distorted. But wasn't this a lesson to Joshua to be brought back? face to face with the captain of the Lord's army. This is a side you need to be on. Not one or the other, but him. And at that, whether Joshua really recognized at that moment who he was, he knew. This is no ordinary man. And he fell down, and he worshipped him. Heading. This is Joshua on his way to Jericho. Heading towards taking the taking of this great city. An impossible task. This was a a completely impossible task for him. He He needs help. He doesn't have in himself what it's going to take to win this this battle. He needs something much more than than he's got. Even with all the promises that God has given to him. Even with all the assurances he has. He's not able. He needs something. He needs direction. I'm sure he must have been going on his way. Well, yes, I'm, I'm going. But I don't know how this is going to work out. But the wonderful thing he didn't need to know. This is an impossible task. But Lord. You are able. You alone. Are able. And he said. What does my Lord. Say to his servant. I said Lord. I need you to say something to me. I need your help. I need your direction. I, I, I don't know. Like, was it Jehoshaphat that said, Lord, I don't know what to do? But what did he say then? But my eyes are towards you. And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. What does this taking off of his sandals mean? We can go to the book of Ruth to get guidance for that. In Ruth chapter 4 we read then Boaz said, The day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead. Then the Redeemer said, "I, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and giving it to the other. And this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. He drew off his sandal. He's giving up any right that he had to that inheritance. And it's over to Boaz. He's giving up his rights. Take off your sandal, Joshua, for the place where you are standing is holy. What's he giving up? Well, probably many things. I just want to highlight... A couple, probably. He needs to be surrendered. Be surrendered. Joshua has an enemy to fight, as I mentioned, an, em- an enemy that's much stronger, too strong for him. He has land to conquer that's just unthinkable for him, way beyond his capabilities. He needs to give up any strength of his own that he's relying on. It kind of goes against everything naturally, doesn't it? He needs to give up any strength of his own that he could be relying on. He needs to surrender that. Because he can only go on in the strength of the Lord. He needs to give up any ability. He might think he has to work this out. Because he can't. Because the Lord has worked it out already. The Lord has it all seen to. And done. Prepared beforehand. Joshua, to go off your sandal, you need to, you need to surrender all of that. Give it over to me. Any thought, and we, do we get these thoughts sometimes? Because they're always doomed to failure if we have them. I, I can do this. I can do it. I can manage. If Joshua was going to make advances and win the battle... He had to give over any thought he had of himself. I can do this. Because only God was able. He had to give up any lack of trust in the Lord. He has to surrender to him. Like he's saying, Here I am, Lord. Lord. Here I am. I'm nothing. Just take me and use me. Like the hymn. It says, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in endless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love. My Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. And the great assurance he had, the battle was already won. And the Lord said to Joshua, chapter 6, verse 2, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. The horse, in Proverbs 21:31, is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. He is standing where Jesus is standing. He is in His very presence. Was two. There was a sense that silence was required. We see that in chapter six. We know the story, don't we? When they were m- marching round Jericho, Joshua commanded the people, "You shall not shout, or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out from your mouth, go out of your mouth, until the day I tell you to shout, and then." You shall shout. There are times, yes, when we, we, we need to speak. Like we, we read about the stones. And it says, tell your children. Make the message known. Tell them about what God has done. But there are times when we need to be silent. And this was a time they needed to be silent. God is at work. Not one word was going to make any difference. Not one word of anybody was going to penetrate the enemy. There are times when words are not needed. And this was one of them. I remember uh, having the the privilege many times to sit in the homes of some of the people that were saved and lived during the revival in, in Lewis. Many a time I've sat in the, the home of, of Agnes Morrison and she can recall and still can recall it's the amazing ways that God had worked. And so often she would tell about times, just at the end of a, a meeting, after the preaching of the word, her people would sit and she says it was silent. Why? Because the presence of God was so real. She says, everybody was just silent. And then after a while, she says, you would begin to hear people weeping in repentance before God. There was one time in particular, and I was just listening, I did a wee recording. Offer one time and she was telling about a time in the Barvis Church and just after the meeting again everyone just sat nobody moved quiet and then she says the people at the back began just making their way towards the door and she says we were making our way out and we were just on the steps at the door All of a sudden, everyone stopped. Silence. The presence of God came down. She says, It was beautiful. And then one of the elders, or one of the men, John Smith, began singing. And she says, Of of course, it was all in Gaelic. From Psalm 132, I will not enter my house or get into my bed I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord a dwelling place for the mighty God of Jacob and she says it was wonderful just to be quiet because of God's presence don't we long for that our words can spoil his glorious presence. There are times that we don't even want to pray in case we spoil it. There's a time to be silent and allow God to do his work. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord Which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians. You see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. In Exodus 14. Silent is trusting isn't it? Praying quietly. A quietness. And a confidence in him. Jesus himself. At times he remained silent, didn't he, when he was questioned by Pilate? In Isaiah 53, we read, He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, led like a lamb, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not himself. Joshua did so. Their relationship with the covenant, keeping God, had to be restored. What was wrong had to be put right. Their focus must be brought back to the cross. The Passover brings us to Calvary, doesn't it? That's what our focus needs to be. And if we lose sight of Calvary, there is definite calamity. We need to focus there. That's what the Bible tells us. May our eyes be on him. May we rejoice in him. Giving praise to him. And the eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan. We surely shall be satisfied. With his abundant grace. Just when Joshua needed him most. As the leader. Heading towards Jericho. Not knowing how that how he was to take that city when he needed him most. Isn't it wonderful? He was there. He met him on the way, right before him. There was no doubt then that he was told how to take this great city. He didn't know before that. We won't always know when we start out Sometimes we have to start out not knowing how everything is going to work out. But like Joshua it didn't stop him going. He was on his way to Jericho. But we can be assured of this. If we are walking with God, he is there and he's with us. There's just a hymn I was reminded of as in closing. It says all the way my Saviour leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divine comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus Jesus doeth all things well. All the way my Saviour leads me, cheers each winding path I tread Gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter, and my soul athirst may be. Gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. All the way my Savior leads me, o'er oh, the fullness of his love. Perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit, clothed immortal, wings its flight to realms of day. This my song through endless ages. Jesus led me all the way. Joshua fell down before him and worshipped him. What a, what a wonderful question. What message does my Lord have for his servant? Take your shoes off. For the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Just want us to go away with these words, and Joshua did so. Lord, we pray that you would help us to know your leading and guiding in our lives. We know, Lord, that for many of us we've had to go through trials, and we probably will have to go through trials because your word reminds us of that. It's not going to be an easy road. It wasn't an easy road for Joshua and children of Israel. But yet, Lord, what a glorious assurance we have that you are a covenant-keeping God. You have made a covenant, my covenant, you said, with my people, that you will be our God. We will be your people. You will not leave us. You will not forsake us. Thank you that we can hold on to your promises. Thank you that we can keep them, keep them close to our hearts and live in the light of them every day. Keep us, Lord, our our feet from falling. Keep us in a good place with yourself, in a right relationship with you, that we would know what it means, as the hymn writer said, oh, for a closer walk with God, a calm and heavenly flame, the light that shines along the road that leads us to the Lamb. Lead us, we pray. Help us to follow. In your own precious name we pray. Amen we're going to sing in closing Scottish Psalter Psalm 106 page 378 in the psalm book Scottish Psalter 106 we'll sing verses 1 to 5 page 378 give praise and thanks unto the Lord for bountiful is he his tender mercy doth doth endure unto eternity God's mighty works who can express or show forth all his praise. Blessed are they that judgment keep and justly do always. Remember me, Lord, with that love which thou to thine dost bear. With thy salvation, O my God, to visit me, draw near, that I thy chosen good may see, and in their joy rejoice, and may with thine inheritance triumph with cheerful voice. These verses to God's praise. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of